before leaving, think about how and when you want to re-enter. Oftentimes, mom focus on the exit strategy. They don't focus on the return strategy if they mm-hmm. need that. Or even if you're in a position where you can say, I get to retire early. Boy, I wish I was part of that mom group, right? Where they don't need to come back into the workforce for the foreseeable future or possibly ever. It's mm-hmm. always good to have a backup plan, a re-entry plan, because tomorrow isn't promised. Just like I never expected to have to make a life or death call with a husband yeah. in our mid-30s. That is not part of the plan. We just never know what's going to happen. And so I encourage moms to have a re-entry strategy as well. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be something that you're actively working on. It can be keep up with your network. Your network is your net worth. I think we've heard that phrase a lot. And that is so true. And keep in mind, networking can become a full-time job easily, just keeping up with it, depending on how large your network is. But keep in touch. Keep in touch with old managers that you had a good rapport with and who you feel would have your back when it was time for you to return and who would gladly bring you back on the team. And when it's time for you to... Start dipping your toe back in the working force if that time ever comes for you. Position your time away as a part of your career. I think you, myself, any working woman, working mom can say, this is a full-time job, right? We are responsible for the finances. We have budgets that we have Mm -hmm. to work within. We are (laughs) managing people that are difficult to manage. And we often (laughs) have employee relations issues, right? Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast, where we bring you real life working mom stories, tips, tricks, and advice for thriving and surviving in motherhood, because you shouldn't have to experience working motherhood alone. Join our community of support as we discuss all of the things and how we get by in this sometimes crazy and imperfect journey of working motherhood. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. On this week's episode, I'm so excited to be talking to Crystal Ohukwari. I hope I pronounced that right. I'm sorry if I didn't. But Crystal O, as she's known on her social media platforms on Instagram and all of those good places, she's a working mom who studied communication studies, has a master's degree in public and political communication, started her career in public relations, representing politicians and professional athletes. But upon returning home to Dallas, she fell into the world of human resources and recruiting. Since then, she's held several leadership positions with different organizations and has launched, grown, and sold several HR-related businesses. She also tours the country lecturing and coaching women on how to launch, grow, and pivot their careers while balancing home life and other aspects of their female identity. And... When she's not busy working or co-hosting her podcast called Not Your Token Black Girl or blogging for thecrystalo.com, she loves spending time at home with her family, volunteering with her sorority sisters, or traveling when it's safe. So she currently lives in the Dallas area with her husband, Mike, and their daughter, Aria. Family 
will welcome a baby boy this summer. So I was so excited to talk to Crystal about all of the things related to being a working mom in a pandemic and all of the things that went along with that are still going along with it, including how mass numbers of women are exiting the workforce since the beginning of the pandemic and We just had such a wonderful conversation about practical tips and ideas, strategies that working moms can do and conversations they should be having with their employers. Her interview really came out of a a piece she wrote called Stop Telling Moms What to Do During a Global Pandemic. So I also titled the episode of this podcast as the same title because I really love that. So without further ado, let's dive in to my conversation with Crystal, who you are going to love. And let's talk all things working moms during a pandemic. Let's go. Hi, Crystal. Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. How are you doing today? I'm great, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, of course. I'm super excited to talk to you. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, your background, and anything else that you want to share with our audience? Yeah. So my name is Crystal Iquare. I'm originally from Dallas and I live here today with my husband, Mike. We'll be celebrating four years of marriage this spring. And we have one two-year-old daughter who will be three this summer. And fun surprise, we are expecting a little boy this summer as well. So right now we're a family of kind of three and a half. He's about halfway loaded. (laughs) So we're excited to meet and welcome Lucas later this summer. By trade, I'm an HR and recruiting professional. I've been in this space for, I'll just say a long time, not to date myself. So that's what I do. I've built businesses around it. Currently, I work for a company called Redfin. You may have heard of it if you're interested in buying or selling a home. So I am a leader on their recruiting team there. And when I'm not doing that and being a wife and mom, I have a mom blog, a working mom blog, because I think it's such a unique and special journey. And really the goal there is to make sure that no working mother or working woman ever feels like they're kind of going through life's journey alone, because we know it can have a lot of ups and downs, but just to know that they've got a friend out there who's going through something very similar. Yeah, definitely. And that's part of why I started this podcast as well. It sounds very similar to my mission. So yeah, that's great. Yeah. So tell me, Crystal, how did 2020 go for you? And what were sort of your takeaways, especially related to like this elusive balance that we're supposed to have being a working mom, right? We're supposed to balance like our careers and our family and we hear about it all the time. So how did things go for you and how did you sort of handle it? Yeah, I'm a fully transparent person. It was a hot mess, <laughs> you know, and I think that's the beauty of the journey, being able to admit when you're like, yes, today I have it together. All last month, I did not. So 2020 <laughs> was filled with lots of learning opportunities, growth opportunities, but also some good times, right? It wasn't all doom and gloom, but it did really force me to do a gut check. I talked to women all the time about having 
quote unquote balance. And I really don't like to use that word because it's impossible to be balanced. You have a full-time job. Being a wife is a full-time job. Being a mother is a full-time job. And all of the other hats we wear, daughters, sisters, friends, what have you. So I really like to use the word managed. And I kind of mismanaged a lot because I was thrown into a situation that it was unlike any I had ever dealt with before. Because like you said, our worlds were literally colliding. And I struggled for a while to to get my footing. But eventually I just reverted back to my leadership skills. How can I outsource? How can I bring in reinforcement and build up the team as needed? And how can I make sure that I am the captain of the ship and not get so bogged down in the details when there are opportunities for me to outsource that? So, and obviously in a safe COVID-friendly way, right? So a lot of lessons learned. I, my family, we actually got COVID and my husband was hospitalized. So it was also Mm -hmm. a lesson in, hey, you can be this type A Wonder Woman planner, but sometimes life throws curveballs. So let's see how you rise to those occasions as well. And so it was really nice to see what my mom has always told me. And I'm sure your mom has told you like, you're a strong woman, right? You can handle it. And so you hear that, but it's in those moments where you're forced to rise to the occasion for your children. And so that was nice to be able to live that and see that to fruition. Like I really am a strong woman. I am capable Mm -hmm. because I think sometimes as moms, we need a little reminder. Yeah, definitely. And yes, there, I mean, a lot of moms went through hard times in 2020 and into 2021. And I know, you know, that this pandemic has really affected working moms more so than, you know, dads that are working, because I think it's fallen more on the moms and it's Mm -hmm. gone back to like that, like societal structure that, you know, we kind of thought it was like, not that it didn't exist anymore, but that women were gaining more power in their careers. And, you know, we were treated as more equals, but then this pandemic hit and it was like, wait a second, what's happening right now? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it has really been eye opening. I too thought we had progressed a lot further and pushed the needle a lot further along. And I believe the Madam Vice President said this is a national crisis, right? The number of women leaving the workforce. And it really is. Admittedly, my husband and I, before we even got engaged, had a lot of conversations about how ambitious I was and that I didn't see being a stay-at-home mom in my future. Shout out to all stay-at-home moms. I think we've all gotten a taste of their world. You are incredibly strong women and I salute you, but I knew that wasn't my path. And so I had to make sure that he was going to be okay with that because there were things that I wanted to accomplish for myself in my career, which would mean I would need a more supportive parenting partner. And we were aligned. We were aligned. We got married. We had our baby. And then the pandemic hit. And it's almost like he reverted back to like 1953, where he was like, you just stay home and take care of the home front. I will go to work. And it was almost this very caveman-like mentality where I've got to protect my girls. You don't worry about it. I'll take it on. And so we had a lot of conversations about how that's not going to work for me. We made this child together. We're going to raise this child together. We both are ambitious and we don't, either one of us want to give up our career to stay home. So how can we get creative and, and make this work? So I think part of my success in being able to stay in the workforce is having a partner who's willing to have those conversations, right? And really values I will go insane if I am one, locked in a house with a two-year-old and two, have no outlet, right? For 
the things that I'm passionate about, which is helping people find jobs and find their own voices. So I think that's part of the reason why I've been able to stay in the workforce, because admittedly, there were a couple of months there between me closing my staffing business and starting with Redfin, where I was a stay-at-home mom. And we quickly started to see the deterioration of my mental health. I had no Mm -hmm. outlet. It's not like Mm -hmm. I could go out with friends. It's not like I could, you know, take Aria and do a girl's getaway, right? We were locked down. And so Mm -hmm. some women are just, they have a special mommy dust where they can rock with Peppa Pig and Barney all day long and still (laughs) stay mentally sane. And for me, it wasn't working. And so I was really fortunate to have a partner who was willing to listen. Yes. I think that's so important and it's important to just have those conversations too. Yeah. I think that's great. In talking about how, you know, this pandemic is affecting working moms, Mm -hmm. particularly like, you know, the mass exiting of moms from the workforce. Yeah. What can moms do to sort of stay connected to their careers in these times? And if they have those passions and those desires and they feel passionate about staying in that career, what are some tips you would give them? Yeah. Well, first, I would encourage them by saying, especially as the millennial generation rises to positions of influence and power in corporate America, we're really seeing this rise of the gig career is what it's being termed as. And that is when you are an independent contractor. And we often think of this in the creative space or the art space where you go from one gig to the next, right? You might work on this Broadway show, then you'll go to this one. You'll do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But we're really starting to see that in the corporate space because admittedly, I'm a millennial. I'm an older millennial, but I still fall into the category. We value work-life balance. We value Mm -hmm. really owning our own time. So a traditional eight to five or nine to five, whatever it might be, might not work for me where I am in this particular journey of life. And so we really value companies that either allow that flexibility or we're exploring what's called this gig career where we work as contractors. We might have our own businesses, but we're an independent solopreneur as it's called. That's a way that during those couple of months where I was in between closing my business and starting with Redfin, that I kind of found my outlet. I did two gigs where I was able to help companies recruit and find talent. I wasn't their co- I wasn't their employee. They weren't my employer. We were independent partners working together. So that mm-hmm. way I could still manage my responsibilities at home of being Aria's sole caretaker while still finding a way to give myself that outlet for a couple of hours a week while keeping my skills sharp. So that's something I would definitely encourage women to explore. Yeah, I love that advice. Yeah, I actually shifted to the gig economy during this pandemic. Yeah. And I've been loving it. It's great. And I love the project work. It's creative. It's interesting. And I get that time to pursue my passions. So I love that advice. Yeah, it's great. And it brings so much diversity, right? Just like you said, you get to work on so many different projects. I know myself, um, typical type A millennial, I get in, I figure it out. I accomplish it. Now what's next, right? We're always wondering what's next, (laughs) but that's the nice part of gig careers. Or like you said, the gig economy, you get to get in, you get a taste and a flavor of what this group of people do, or this company does. And then before you know it, you're on to the next, which presents a new set of challenges. So it not only keeps you sharp, but it keeps you interested and engaged. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So you recently wrote an article that I came across called Stop Telling Moms What to Do During a Global Pandemic. 
Yeah. I absolutely love the article. I was like shouting in my mind the whole time. <laughs> I was like, this is exactly what moms are going through. This is awesome. Like that someone put this out there and yeah. it's exactly what we're all feeling. So what was your sort of inspiration behind that article? And can you talk a little bit more about it with our audience, what you meant by that article? Yeah, it really, I should have said, stop telling moms what to do, period. <laughs> but especially right now during a global pandemic. But I was definitely feeling a little sassy. Really, my mom and husband were the inspiration. I have admittedly what my mom calls a jack-in-the-box personality. So I can be cool, calm, and collected. And then something will trigger me and I am like off the chain. So my husband and mom had been telling me, in my opinion, what to do a lot. We think you should do this. We think you should do that. And one day I just popped off. And that's not typically my style. You know, I'm fiercely protective of my family, obviously fiercely protective of Arias. So if I have a mama bear moment, that's one thing. Someone's usually poked the bear or the cub. But to just lash out because two of the people closest to me are giving me loving advice, it's probably in my best behavior. It's typically not my style. So they're like, whoa, like, what's happening here? So I really had to do a gut check and look in the mirror. Whenever I have confrontation in my life, I'm like, let me take a step back and do a little self-analyzing, right? How did I get here? And so I looked back over the previous days, weeks, months, and really the last year. And I found myself just getting frustrated with all of the pressures that, that were brought on by the pandemic that we've already dove, dove into or dived into, but also this feeling belittled feeling like maybe they didn't trust me that I was wise enough, mature enough, strong enough to make decisions for myself. Because as moms, we tell our little people what to do every day, right? Because we know what's best for them. They haven't matured to a point yet. And they might not ever, in my opinion. Um, now that I'm a mom, I see why my mom is still giving me advice as a grown woman well into her 30s, right? And so I internalized that and felt like, do you see me as childlike? What's going on? Mm -hmm. On top of the Western societal and specifically American societal ways of feeling like women are softer than, less than, weaker than, so we need to be saved. We need to be told what to do in order to help ourselves. And so it really brought to the surface or my internal surface of my frustration. And I figured if I'm dealing with this, other moms are probably dealing with this, right? Mm -hmm. And it's one thing to get advice from your life partner, right? your mom, your best friend, people who you know have your best interest at heart. It's totally different when society, strangers, maybe people in the workplace who don't know you, maybe a manager you know doesn't have your best interest at heart, want to help you come to a decision about a major part of your life, mm -hmm. which is your career. And so I really wanted to one, let women know that, hey, you're not alone. If you're having these feelings where you're feeling a little sassy, why do people think they can tell me what to do? I'm a grown woman. But also empower them with HR legal advice. How can you legally protect yourself? Granted, what I talked about was really at, at a federal level. So you want to do a deep dive into your state and possibly local city juris laws and jurisdiction. But mm -hmm. I wanted to arm them with here are federal HR ways that you can protect yourself and come to a good decision that's going to be best for you and your family. Hi, mamas. I wanted to tell you about the course I am going to be launching. So this course is the Working Mom Collective Business Launchpad. And this is for you if you're looking for an actionable plan 
to build your online business, and that's whether you want to build a side hustle, an online business to replace your day job, or maybe you're a mom who's currently not working for any number of reasons. Maybe you left your job in the middle of the pandemic or something else like that, and you really want to build a plan for an online business that is straightforward and will take you from your idea to an actual action plan for moving forward. And so I really would recommend getting on this launch list because I'm going to be sending out some freebies and some special bonuses and a special discount for the people that join the wait list. So again, you can go to the workingmomcollective.com slash purpose to sign up and to find all of the other details about the course. Hope to see you on the inside, mamas. Yeah, for sure. And you talked in that article also about the solutions that moms can go to and focus on before just kind of exiting the workforce. Like, you know, we all were stressed out in 2020 and I'm sure there's all moments where we thought I'm just going to walk away from this. Yeah. So what are those solutions that moms can focus on? Yeah. So the first thing is I wanted to arm you to protect your money, right? We're in a pandemic you're considering walking away from employment, most likely your income, your family income might change. That's typically what happens if you quit or go from full-time to part-time. So I just wanted to make sure that moms were protecting their income as they made Mm -hmm. that decision. So one thing that I talk about is really looking at your employee handbook. PTO or pay time off is not federally mandated. It's not a requirement. It's a benefit. And so each company has their own way of handling how you accrue it how you lose it, how or if it can be paid out upon you separating from the organization. So I really Mm -hmm. wanted to call that to light to moms before quitting. Use your PTO, right? If the company doesn't pay it out, because oftentimes when you put in your resignation, managers, companies are more hesitant to pay you for taking time off, right? Because they know you're leaving. If you do have a company that pays out, pay time off, and that could be, they could pay out sick leave, they could just pay out vacation, know that that's probably going to be taxed a higher rate because it's not viewed as regular income at that point. So if moms are strapped for cash, I tell them, hey, keep that in mind. And as you're make, leading up to your decision, try not to take a lot of time off so you can leave with more cash in the bank, right? But if you're a mom that's not necessarily strapped for cash, I recommend just taking the time off because you're actually bringing more income into your family because it's paid out regularly if, if it's used that way. And then I go into other details, just making sure moms know that mental health is the same as your physical health, right? So really explore the Family Medical Leave Act. We know that women are the primary caretaker typically in families, and you can use that leave for both your own health, as well as being a caretaker for certain family members. Now, it can't be like your second cousin twice removed and all of that, but it covers a great deal of family members that typically women are first in line to care for. 
So that could be an option for you just to give you more time. And while that doesn't protect your paycheck, it protects your employment, right? So mm-hmm. some companies choose to pay you while you're on FMLA, other companies don't. But what's protected at the federal level is after you come back from FMLA, you will be employed, right? Mm-hmm. And have an opportunity to generate money. So I go through several HR tips and tricks that sometimes people are aware of, sometimes they're not. I know as an HR professional, when I'm talking to my friends, I'm like, what do you mean you just quit? Like, why didn't you do this? Why didn't they said, I didn't even know that was a thing? Like you have more power than you think. Yeah. Go back and tell them you don't quit and let's walk through this so you can get the best thing <laughs> for your buck. Right. So I just wanted to arm as many women as possible to help maybe ease their decision making so they know mm-hmm. all of the options that are available to them. Yeah, I think that's so great that you have, you know, you're giving all that advice because it is something that a lot of women have had to face in the past year. And so like you said, I don't think that we always know like all the options that are available to us. And, you know, even sometimes like I'm thinking back in my corporate career, sometimes I'd go to a manager and the manager would not know anything like about any policy. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, (laughs) so so then you'd have to go to HR still and like figure it all out. But no, I love that you're sharing all that knowledge. I think it's so important and so empowering for moms is what it is. Yeah, for sure. Part of being empowered is making sure you have as much knowledge as possible to make the, you know, most educated decision that's going to benefit you and your family. Yeah, definitely. So if moms do kind of evaluate go through all of these sort of decisions and different, you know, scenarios, run everything through their minds. And they're like, you know what, it really does make sense for me to leave like the traditional workforce for any Mm -hmm. number of reasons. Like maybe I want to start a business. Maybe, you know, I'm taking my side hustle full time. Maybe I just want to like step out for a little bit and then come back in a couple months or a year. So what advice, I guess, would you give to them And we sort of touched on a little bit of this, like in the past question, but any more tips from your HR professional perspective to give to those moms before leaving? Before leaving, think about how and when you want to re-enter. Oftentimes mom focus on the exit strategy. They don't focus on the return strategy if they Mm -hmm. need that. Or even if you're in a position where you can say, I get to retire early. Boy, I wish I was part of that mom group, right? Where they don't need to come back into the workforce for the foreseeable future, possibly ever. It's Mm -hmm. always good to have a backup plan, a re-entry plan, because tomorrow isn't promised. Just like I never expected to have to make a life or death call with a husband in our mid-30s, right? That is not part of the plan. We just never know what's going to happen. And so I encourage moms to have a re-entry strategy as well. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be something that you're actively working on, right? It can be keep up with your network, right? Your network is your net worth. I think we've heard that phrase a lot. And that is so true. And keep in mind, networking can become a full-time job easily, just keeping up with it, depending on how large your network is. But Mm -hmm. keep in touch with old managers that you had a good rapport with and who you feel would have your back when it was time for you to return and who would gladly bring you back on the team. And when it's time for you to start dipping your toe back in the working force, if that time ever comes for you, position your time away as a part of your career. 
I think you, myself, any working woman, working mom can say, this is a full-time job, right? We are responsible for the finances. We have budgets that we have Mm -hmm. to work within. (laughs) We are managing people that are difficult to manage. And we often (laughs) have employee relations issues, right? Kids fight. And so we're often the referee. We have to come up with creative ways to grow our talent, right? Some kids aren't back in school. And so some moms have become teachers. When in a former life, they were presidents of universities or, mm-hmm. you know, presidents of companies. Mm-hmm. So that speaks to being able to think on your feet, being able to pivot depending on what the business, i.e. family needed. So really pitch your time away, not as a, I was just away being mm-hmm. a mom. It's never just away being a mom. There are critical skills that you either developed or made sharper while raising your family. I love that. Yes. I love the phrase, like all moms work. Um, yeah. Truly. I mean, all mom, and especially in the past year, it's been made so clear how much work all moms yeah. do. <laughs> yeah, it is. You can't put a price on it for the experience or the amount of work that moms do. So you should glorify that. You should highlight that in your resume when it is time for you to come back. Great. Yes. I love that advice. Thank you. Yeah. So transitioning just a little bit to talk about like maybe moms that are currently searching for a job, maybe they got laid off, like let go last year or early this year, maybe something else like that happened to them and they're in the middle of a job search. So what advice or tips or encouragement do you have for them? Yeah. So I will start with encouragement. First off, you're not alone, right? Being a job seeker in a pandemic is a full-time job, right? Mm -hmm. Being a job seeker in a regular time is a full-time job. Being a job seeker in a pandemic is a full-time job even more so, right? So give yourself grace. When I'm working with job seekers, I tell them set certain times, either per day or weekly, however you want to do it, to focus on searching for a job. Because Mm -hmm. oftentimes you get this frantic approach where I'm just going to apply to everything on Indeed or everything on LinkedIn. And you really want to make sure that you're being strategic with your job search. So if you're on the job market, I say, get up bright and early, get your coffee or tea or orange juice, whatever it is. And say for these two hours, I'm going to work on my resume. I'm going to watch a YouTube video or LinkedIn learning about how to sharpen my interview skills. And then my goal is to apply to 10 jobs. And after that, go enjoy your day, right? Because it can be so easy to become mentally consumed with the task of finding a job that you don't look up and take advantage of the free time that you have to build deeper relationships with your children or to explore passions that you might not get to explore once you're back into a regular work uh, schedule. So that's first my encouragement and a little bit of advice. Next, I would say oftentimes people just look for jobs on Indeed or LinkedIn or Career Builder, these typical go-to career job hunting sites. You don't underestimate the power of partnering with a staffing agency. It should be free to candidates because staffing agencies get paid once they find you a job and the employer is on the hook for paying that staffing agency for finding them great talent. So don't underestimate the power of submitting your application or even calling up a recruiting agency, staffing agency and say, hey, I am a working mom. I'm looking to get back in the workforce. I would like to come in or schedule some time with a recruiter to talk about job opportunities that you have available. Because oftentimes those staffing agencies have direct relationships with those decision makers and can really be your advocate. Yeah, I love all that advice. 
I think we can often just get so overwhelmed with something we're currently doing, like a job search. Yeah. And then it just like, it takes up all of our mental energy and time. But I love what you said about just stepping away from it, doing other things, spending time with your family, getting outside is like a huge one for me, like just enjoying the weather outside. Exactly. There's also a dynamic group that I work with. They're out of Chicago, but they're nationwide. They might even be global. I can say 100% they're nationwide. They're called the Mom Project. Mm -hmm. If your listeners aren't plugged in with them, I highly, highly recommend it. They're just dynamic and with the sole purpose of getting as many moms employed as possible. So that's definitely a group that I would get out and contact for sure. Yeah, I have heard of the Mom Project and follow them. And they have everything from like project-based through full-time, through like contract work. So like any like sort of work that you're looking for, basically they have available. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, they're awesome. So Crystal, what are, I suppose, before we sort of transition into finding more about you and what you're currently working on, what are some tips, like three tips maybe you'd give to moms to figure out, to help them figure out like what decision is right for them in their career? I know that's sort of a big question because everyone's different. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Everyone is different. I would say first, make sure you're making a rational decision. It's often so easy for us to make emotional decisions. And sometimes we regret it later and sometimes we don't, but this little one raises a good point about Nana and Papa. Make sure that you have the support of the people that are closest to you, right? Whether it be a life partner, Nana and Papa, your mom and dad, whoever, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, make sure those that are closest to you support your decision. Use them as a soundboard. Again, getting back to that, let's make sure we're making rational decisions. And the third one would be make sure that you are financially ready to make the decision that you're about to make, right? Nothing makes a situation more stressful than throwing a financial curveball in there because you're adding stress. I have to feed myself. I have to feed my children. I have to keep a roof over our head. So those yeah. would be the three main tips I would give to to working moms as they try to navigate and figure out what's best for them. Yes, thank you. I think yeah. those are great tips. And I've, I'm loving this conversation. Yeah. I really love talking about all these things and just getting all this information out to moms. Yes. Um, so is there any other advice you'd like to give to moms before we move on to finding more out about you. Get away. It's okay to get away. I'm actually going on a momcation <laughs> this weekend. I haven't slept away from my husband, my daughter, my house since 2019. No, the beginning of 2020. We went to London for my birthday in January of 2020. And so this weekend, I'm actually, I found a very COVID-friendly hotel and I am having a momcation. Nice. Um, I won't be gone for very long, but Yay. I'm taking my overnight bag. I'm going to order room service. I have my adult coloring book. I'm going to turn the TV off. I wish I could turn my cell off. Yes, you know, being a mom, you're never fully off. So just in case I'm needed, I'll keep my cell <laughs> on. For me, sit in quiet, look out over the water, do a little coloring because that really turns my brain off and just spend some time recharging. And I have felt so guilty about this upcoming weekend. It's actually caused me a little anxiety. I was like, maybe I should just cancel it. And my husband's like, no, you should go. We'll be okay. It's okay to take a break. And so make sure that you take care of you, however you recharge, make sure you do that. I love that. And yeah, that's, that's why my daughter was talking about Nana and Papa. Actually, she is going 
to stay by their house for the first time since I think the end of 2019. Yeah. So that's tomorrow. So I have like half a day to myself tomorrow. (laughs) And it's amazing. You know, I, fortunately my mom lives down the street. So I've had a couple of half days here and there, but during that time, I'm like, okay, I got to do the laundry. I've got a meal prep. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Yeah. This time I am sending myself away where I can't do those things. Now, granted my house might be burnt to the ground by the time I get back, (laughs) but you know what? I'm hoping my husband can hold down the fort. This is literally, truly a getaway for me as a mom and wife to not focus on laundry. He's on his own for meals. Best of luck Mm -hmm. to you. It could be Chick-fil-A for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but they will survive. (laughs) And I will come back ready to seize the day. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's very inspiring. I am actually, I'm thinking about that now, like taking that advice, like getting away from my house and like, yeah. so I don't do all those things that I tend to do inside the house. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Love that. So Crystal, just have a few more questions for you before I let you go, but thank you so much again for all of this wonderful mm-hmm. insights and advice. I think it's of so course. great yeah. that you're sharing this mm-hmm. with all our moms. So what is something you'd consider to be your non-negotiable practice that you do every day to start or end your day on a positive note? Oh my gosh, that might be the hardest question you've asked me. (laughs) Let's see, a non-negotiable that I do every day. I have to watch the news. I'm a news junkie probably because I started my career in PR, but I'm addicted to the news. It can be local news. It can be national news. It can be international news, but I just, it is my way of staying connected to a world that I can't be a part of Mm -hmm. right now. And when you asked me that question, I was like, don't judge me guys. But I'm like, it used to be showering, but now I'm like, I'm lucky if that can happen every day. Sometimes that doesn't happen every day. That used to be a non-negotiable. And now it's like, (laughs) sometimes it's negotiable right right yeah (laughs) it used to be oh I have to have my tea in the morning that's flown out the window I just drink Aria's leftover orange juice and keep it moving right so (laughs) it's like these basic things that should be non-negotiable in my world have become it's a toss-up right but one thing that I have found is so important at least for me is my mental health you know I make it no secret that I struggle with anxiety And that can easily spiral into depression. So my mental health is one of my top priorities. And Mm -hmm. as someone who used to travel monthly, weekly at some times of the year, not being able to see the world, not being able to get out and socialize with my friends as a social butterfly and take Aria to see the world, it has been so hard. And so watching the news every day, whether it's sad, inspirational, just informative, It allows me to see other human beings. It allows me to catch a glimpse into their world that I used to be able to experience for myself. And so that keeps me sane. So that's a non-negotiable. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Definitely a lot of us are missing exploring the world. So we were trying to take like a big trip, like internationally, like every couple of years. Yeah. And we missed that in 2020 because we were due to take one. And yeah, you do miss that. I mean, I love traveling and exploring and all of those things. Yeah. So the news keeps me connected. Yeah. So what is like your favorite working mom hack that would get you through a hectic day? Say like, you know, things aren't going right. It's kind of stressful and you just do something to like turn it around and make it more positive. Yeah. So I'm a foodie and I'm pregnant. (laughs) 
So mine involves food. I am a huge Chick-fil-A fan. Huge. I can't tell you how huge of a Chick-fil-A fan I am. So I will either swing through the drive-thru. That's typically what I do. Swing through the drive-thru. Get, and I might even treat myself, right? Like I love the chicken strips, the fries, mm-hmm. obviously. They're parfait with the granola. Amazing. I just love it. The frosted lemonade, all of it. So I will get whatever I'm in the mood for and I will drive to a park and just sit at the park and eat either it's my breakfast, my lunch, my dinner, a snack, whatever the case may be. But I get my favorite to go grub and just sit in the park. And oftentimes it's nice because a couple of things can happen. One, I'm there by myself. So I get to be outside, I get to be in nature, I get some fresh air, and I'm grubbing on my favorite go-to quick meal. Or you hear the laughter of kids, right? (laughs) Hearing kids laugh can brighten anyone's spirit. And in those times, I have to be very intentional. I have to say, hey, I'm going to miss this meeting. I've got an appointment. And they don't need to know that it's not a doctor's appointment or a dentist's appointment. It's an appointment with myself Mm -hmm. to really take some time to be quiet, to be still, and do a quick 30 minute recharge before getting back in the ring and continuing to fight through my day. I love that. Yeah. I absolutely love that. Just make yeah. an appointment. They don't have to know what appointment it's for. No. no. <laughs> Just go and do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Love that. Yeah. So who would be your favorite like podcasters, blogger, and a favorite author or other expert that has really influenced you? Oh my gosh. So there's so many choices. There's so nowadays. many. There's so <laughs> many. There's so many. Not to be cliche, but I'm a huge Mariah Carey fan, right? I mean, she needs to get it together. I would say Mariah Carey from 91 to 2005-ish. <laughs> I love about her is she makes no qualms that she is a mom, right? And what a demanding career. Talk about traveling for work, being available for work 24-7. You've got crazy hours. You've got crazy demands. Yeah. But she always finds a way to be a mom first, no matter if she's late to a concert, which I've been and I was waiting. And she said, it's because my kids. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a kid at the time, but it now looking back on that moment as a mom, imagine the pressure. And she still says, you guys are going to have to wait. Mm-hmm. I don't care that you paid <laughs> $50 to thousands of dollars to see me. I'll give it all back because my kids are most important, right? In the typical world, you're late to a meeting or you've got to take a day off. No one is spending money on you to see you, right? And so yeah. I really admire that, how she finds a way in her job to either incorporate her kids or work around her role as a mom first. So I appreciate that about her. I love that. Yeah, I love that story. And it is funny how you kind of look back differently on some of those things after you become a mom. Oh, yeah. Before I was a mom, (laughs) my kid would never cry on an airplane. My kid would never eat a frozen pizza. My kid would never watch more than 30 minutes of TV a day. All of that was shot when reality hits. So it is interesting having a different perspective being a mother. Definitely. So where can we find you online? Where do you hang out the most often? And all of that good stuff so the listeners can come and find you. Yeah. So um, I have a website, thecrystalo.com, O-H. And it's the same for my Instagram and Facebook, The Crystal O. I also have a podcast called Not Your Token Black Girl, where we discuss everything from being a working mom of color and, you know, the intersectionality of that to our season finale is coming up. And we're going to be take, talking to Rachel Lindsley about The Bachelor. <laughs> so we talk about any and everything on my podcast. So mm-hmm. that's where they can find me. 
Awesome. Sounds like a really fun podcast to listen to. Oh, it is. It is a hoot. I do it with my best friend who is a hippie down in Austin, who is just hilarious (laughs) in her own right. So yeah, it's a good time. Well, thank you so much, Crystal, for being a guest on this podcast. I really had such a great time talking to you and thank you for sharing all of those great tips with moms as we all still try to navigate through this crazy pandemic that we've been living through. I think, you know, this is such valuable information for moms. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Kelly. This was great. I would be so, so grateful if you went and left a rating and review of the podcast. So Apple loves it when you rate and review the podcast that you love listening to. And it would just mean the world to me if you went over and left a rating and review for the podcast. So that way our show can be introduced to more working moms that really, really can gain positivity from these episodes that can teach them something. So if you go and leave a rating and review, I would be so grateful and just thank you again for continuing to listen every week. You are the reason why I continue to talk into this microphone for this podcast. Without you, I wouldn't have the podcast. So thank you so much.